Welcome back, everybody, to GMs for Hire. My name's Will Polson. Alongside with me today are RJ Strope and Matt Perry, and we're here to talk to you about the 2020 presidential debate. No, nah, I'm just fucking with you. But um, <laughs> we're, we're here to recap week three in the NFL season. Uh, it was an interesting one and a good one for your boy if you're on Team Will, but uh, give you a quick standings update. Uh, last week, I was kind of shitting on myself, saying that we were uh, that I was just happy to be a part of the team. And uh, as mentioned, I, ha- I had a pretty good week. Uh, Matt Perry remains the lead dog as normal, uh, 31 wins, 16 losses and a tie. We'll get to that later on in this episode. Uh, Jamil in second place, only a game behind with 30 and 17. Then, uh, me coming in at uh, third place now at 29, 18 and one and RJ one game behind me at 28, 19 and one, all of us within one game of each other. Uh, it's getting a little bit interesting after this week. Definitely getting me back into the mix. I'm not just kind of bringing up the rear anymore. It's it's all become a little bit more competitive after last week. So we'll hit up why uh, here in this episode. And we have to start with the Thursday night game in which all of us took an L uh, as the Miami Dolphins were in Jacksonville. And they took care of business 31-13. I mean, it, the, the score is not even close. RJ, I'll get your opinion on that game. The Dolphins really kind of shut up our uh, predictions this week, huh? I still like Gardner Minshew. I still think he – I I really think he's the guy in Jacksonville. I, I actually think unless they were to get the number one pick and Trevor Lawrence is there, like I, I just think Gardner Minshew is the guy in Jacksonville. I think you need to build around him. Let's not forget they're going to have two first-round picks this year. They're going to have their own, and they're going to have the Rams, uh, which I believe could be two top 12 to 15 picks. Um, listen, Gardner Minshew needs help around him. I think the guy has a lot of talent, but he can't do it by himself, and we saw it Thursday night because Miami just put it on him. Yeah, Gardner didn't have the greatest game, 275 and an interception, uh, statistically not well. But if, if you're looking for bright spots in that game, man, James Robinson, the undrafted product out of Illinois State, that kid, even though uh, on only on 11 carries, still had 46 yards and found the end zone twice. I mean, that kid's ridiculous so far this season. You know, I'm surprised Matt hasn't mentioned him because I know Matt's a big Illinois State fan. Yeah, uh, Matt, if maybe at one point later on in this podcast, we'll find out the connection that Matt has with Illinois State, but uh, definitely, definitely has his ties there. That's for sure. Uh, (laughs) He's got more than ties there. (laughs) (laughs) But he's just a big Redbird fan, but um, (laughs) loves the athletics there. But uh, moving on to the Sunday games, we're going to start with my game of the week and god i bet uh, i would pray to have my live reaction because the only person who got to hear it was matt uh matt and i were in a playstation party and he got to hear my live reaction to chicago at atlanta and oh my god (laughs) i mean (laughs) i i had to he thought i broke my headset with how loud i was screaming i mean Nick Foles comes in. Uh, finally, Mitch Trubisky finds his way to the bench after having a rough first half. Uh, he comes. Nick Foles comes in. Hey, Tar Heels, all you want, baby. They're 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 good this year, um, but they're not not as uh, a lot better than when they were when they had Mitch Trubisky. We'll say that. But uh, you know, Mitch Trubisky gets benched in the third quarter, um, and then uh, Mr. BD uh, 
big dick Nick himself, for lack of a better term, comes in and does exactly what Nick Foles does whenever he comes off the bench, uh, and that's win football games. Uh, he comes in, and well, I, I should also give credit to the Falcons doing exactly what they do, and that's blow football games. Um, Nick Foles comes in and basically throws five touchdowns. Uh, he threw one into the corner of the end zone that got ripped right out of Allen Robinson's hands. It was a beautiful ball, but Darquez Denard able to rip it out. And then on another fourth down uh, and goal situation, Anthony Miller can't manage to catch the ball. It bounces off the ground. Um, but still, ultimately, even with those two mishaps, Nick Foles able to come in and throw three touchdowns, uh, one to Jimmy Graham, another one to Allen Robinson, and then the ultimate game winner going to Anthony Miller. Um, it was ridiculous. I mean, this is, uh, this is exactly what I thought was uh, – okay, I shouldn't say exactly what I thought, but I, this is definitely uh, the way I predicted this game going with the Bears having a slight lead um, and, and edging this one out. I was the only one to take Chicago this week, which is part of the reason why I had a big week. Uh, but man, uh, Nick Foles been named the starting quarterback going forward. And I thought it was just a matter of time. And now we're finding out that it's going to be uh, in week four on. I'm surprised it went this long, but uh, people are saying we're the most imposter three and O team. And now that we have Nick Foles, I guess we'll see if that's true here in week four. So um, moving on to the next game, uh, a game that made RJ and I smile, the Rams at the bills. Uh, Bills with a pretty big lead. They decide to try to blow it, and then at the end, they still find a way to edge it out. Matt, we'll get your opinion on Rams-Bills. Well, I believe I believe I picked the Rams for this one, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, but, I mean, I do think these are two pretty good teams. Uh, Josh Allen, however, has just been absolutely fantastic. Uh, 311 passing yards. You know, he's, he's hitting over that 300-yard mark pretty consistently every game now. Uh, another four interception game too. He's really big for that offense. I really don't know where Buffalo would be without him. Probably without a win, honestly. Um, but yeah, the fact that they almost blew it is kind of concerning. I had their defense on my fantasy team, which which was kind of a mistake. But I really didn't see that happening. Uh, on the Rams side of things, Jared Goff had another pretty good game. He's not he's not the reason they lost. Uh, he had two touchdowns. He had over 300 passing yards. Uh, Daryl Henderson, Henderson had a pretty good game, over 100 rushing yards as well. Um, yeah, just the Rams didn't play terribly. They just they just came up a little bit short, honestly. Um, all they need to do is um, be a little more timely, I guess you could say, in their uh, – you know, it's hard for me to explain this just because they're both pretty good teams. And basically the Rams just came up short. I, I don't think this is anything concerning. No, it speaks to the Rams' character because at a point they – looked completely out of this game I mean they it looked like it was going to be an absolute runaway for Buffalo and then they found their way all the way back uh trailing to to the Rams later on in the fourth quarter so uh it showed a lot of resiliency out of the Rams to be able to come back and close that deficit but ultimately the Bills able to find a way to get it done in the fourth and they edge out that victory 35 to 32 over the Los Angeles Rams moving on to uh what should have been the game of the week the washington football team versus the cleveland browns wow that's disgusting um a game in which uh, it went about exactly how we planned 20 to 34 in favor of the cleveland uh rj will get your opinion on just those two uh those two sexy teams going at it yeah i feel bad uh for all the browns fans that actually paid money to go watch that game uh that's that's a couple of years ago, Charles Barkley said something really funny on college game day. And it was back when Florida and Florida State were both trash and they had to play each other at the end of the year. 
Charles Barkley said, I don't really care who wins this game. This right here is like two ugly girls fighting. <laughs> and that's what it was with Washington and Cleveland played this past weekend. I will say, though, Chase Young getting injured, let him sit out and let him get 100% healthy. That guy is a future superstar. We do not need him battling injuries. Let him get healthy. Definitely a big a big point and a big vocal point of that Washington defense has been Chase Young. Yeah, Matt, go ahead. I, I, have, a, I have a Maddie stat for this one. Oh, Lord. Maddie stat. Put up, so, put up the alarm. Put up the alarm. All right, let's hear it. So the Browns are above 500 through three games for the first time since 2011. Can we guess, yeah. can we guess their 2011 record? Or like how they finished? Eight and eight. You wish. <laughs> probably, probably six and ten. They finished four and 12. Keep it up, uh, Cleveland. You're doing yeah. great. <laughs> so if this is anything like 2011, it's all downhill from here. It doesn't get much uphill whenever it comes to the Cleveland Brown. But, um, <laughs> but, yeah, ultimately Cleveland able to sneak it out. Uh, oh, not really even sneak it out. They won by 14, 20 to 34, as mentioned. Uh, as, as mentioned, first time being over 500 and, and quite some time. So congratulations to them. But, hey, uh, also congrats on being in a division with the Baltimore Ravens and the Pittsburgh Steelers. Good luck, buddy. Um, moving on to – a very close game, a very entertaining game in the one o'clock hour. The Tennessee Titans taking on the Minnesota Vikings, uh, ultimately able to squeak it out. Where the Titans thirty-one thirty on the leg of uh, of Stephen Gaskowski. Matt, we'll get your opinion on that. I know that you've said quite a few times that you're uh, you're really rooting for the Titans this year. Uh, let, let's get your breakdown on that game. Well, yeah, I, I am pretty high on the Tennessee Titans. And honestly, you got to give it up for Steven Goskowski this game. Uh, he, had, he had a few uh, rough goes of it earlier in the season. Uh, there was that one game where he missed, what, like four, four field goals or something? Yeah, I like want to say he was like two for six between field goals and extra points. Yeah, and then, but then he was still able to hit the game winner, I think. And, yeah. and he, he came through when they needed it most today, but all throughout the game. He went six for six on field goals. That's 18 points. That's – almost half their scores uh, thanks to the foot of Steven Goskowski uh, and then one extra point. But yeah, they're, they're playing good football. Uh, the defense almost failed them at the end. The uh, Tennessee put up 16 in the third. So actually they were playing from behind at one point. They were down, uh, looks like 17 and nine at half. Uh, they had a play from behind and were just able to edge it out. Uh, no touchdowns from Tannehill, his first disappointment of the season. He threw no, no touchdowns, one interception, still 321 yards. Uh, Kirk Cousins actually had an okay game, uh, two turnovers with interceptions, but three touchdowns was big. That, that's uh, most of their scores. So, you know, I'm still big on Tennessee. We don't know when they'll play again, whether that be Sunday. I'm pretty sure they, they don't, I don't, I don't think they canceled Sunday yet because COVID, but they might push it to Monday, but whenever they play next should be against the Steelers. And I think that'll be a true test for them, considering how well the Steelers are playing. But, yeah, I'm, I'm still big on Tennessee. The Vikings, though, they, they got to get together. They're running out of time. Yeah, the, the Titans have come up with a couple of COVID cases. I got an uh, alert from ESPN that says they're still optimistic about Sunday. But, uh, of course, any updates about that I'm sure will be on our channel or whether it be on our Instagram page. I'm sure that'll be somewhere on uh, to where you can find us. So. Uh, again, again, a really good game. Steven Goskowski, I want to say, ended up as the special teams player of the week in the AFC. Um, if he didn't, he deserved it. I mean, that guy was all over. Uh, he he had an amazing game. I want to say six for six when it, uh, for yep. field goals. He did. He was all over the place. So, uh, congrats to the Titans, improving to three and zero on the season. They're still undefeated. So, um, and 
uh, in the complete opposite way. The Vikings have fallen to 0-3, and, and as mentioned, they need to figure something out here. Uh, moving on to the Vegas Raiders taking on the New England Patriots, and though MVP Cam didn't look exactly like MVP Cam this week, somebody who did stand out, uh, Rex Burkhead. Uh, can we talk about how Rex Burkhead managed to get three touchdowns in this game? I mean, uh, obviously they're missing James White due to a very tragic situation that happened with his family, um, and all all prayers go towards James White and his family, uh, but. Man, Rex Burkhead really stood up and really filled in that spot where he needed to. Three total touchdowns. I want to say two uh, on the ground and one through the air. Uh, final score being 20-36. to 36. And though uh, Cam didn't play too, too well, I mean, the the defense at least held up where they could. And, I mean, players made plays how they, how they could. I mean, everything did really well over, uh, I want to say, 250 rushing yards for the team as a whole. Really ran over all, all, all over that Raiders defense. I mean, just made them look silly. So, uh, another win for the Patriots. They improved to two and one on the season, and the Raiders also two and one now, catching their first loss on the year. Moving on to the next game, and uh, surprisingly, uh, for how much of a blowout this was, for how many people they're missing, thirty-six to nine, the San Francisco 49ers beat the New York Giants. And I mean, uh, RJ, let me get your opinion on this because not only were they missing so many players? I mean, they've got Nick Mullins, Jarek McKinnon, uh, Brandon Ayuk now uh, as a top receiving uh, option in there. No Nick Bosa, no Solomon Thomas, and that they still absolutely dominated this game. Does it speak to how bad the Giants are or how deep the 49ers are? I mean, a little bit of both, um, but let's, let's not kid ourselves. The Giants are absolutely awful. Um, they, I, if you're a Giants fan right now, I don't see how you have any hope. Um, your defense is not any good. Your quarterback is trash. And take it from me, your general manager is a joke. Dave Gettleman is an absolute dumpster fire general manager. Let's not forget, Joe Judge is your head coach. Jason Garrett and Freddie Kitchens are on your coaching staff. That is an absolute dumpster fire in New York. I, I don't know how else to put it. They're, they fall to 0-3. Uh, congrats to Daniel Jones, that quarterback, leading in not only passing yards but rushing yards this week. Uh, that kind of sucks with Saquon being out. But, Matt, you have something to say on that? Yeah. Uh, for, for any of the Giants fans watching, don't lose hope in, da uh, in Daniel Jones yet because you know who else lost 12 of their first 15 career starts? Peyton Manning. They're, that's something – that's I would – oh, my God. Don't but, even compare those two. I don't even want to hear that. It's just a stat. It's just a stat. And then, Many stats is no more after that. That's and then, disgusting. And then, well, and then it's sad. I'll, 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 there's some good news. And then sad some comparing news. Daniel Jones to Peyton Manning. That's what's the sad. Giants, the Giants put up nine points and lost after the Niners are playing without their starting quarterback, running back, wide receiver, tight end, 3D lineman, linebacker, and corner. That, that's how bad it is. Find me – okay, well, find me when Peyton Manning did that. What do you mean? Like, how many times did Peyton Manning put up nine points against a team that didn't have their quarterback, their running back, their receivers, <laughs> their edge rushers, didn't have any hope? Like, how, how many times did Peyton Manning put up nine points hey, against well, a team well, like hey, that? Hey, the Giants' defense is out of uh, Daniel Jones' hands. I'm just saying. 
and it, well, no, I, I wasn't. Nine points isn't Daniel out of Daniel Jones. Jones's hand. Yeah. I'm talking about the franchise as a whole. I wasn't just talking about Daniel Jones. I think the franchise as a whole is just in absolute terrible shape. Well, we should also we should also mention Nick Mullins getting almost 350 uh, rush, uh, passing yards and no kicks. Yeah, he. I mean, he does. He's done pretty well. He stepped up in the past. I want to say, uh, if not last year, the year prior. I know he he came in at a point and did did pretty well. I mean, he's not. He's a serviceable backup. I mean, he's not exactly a name you want as your starting cue, but, I mean, if you have to have somebody back up, I mean, when you look at all the other backup quarterbacks in the league, I mean, I'm taking I'm taking Nick Mullins over a lot of names. I mean, I hell, I'd put Nick Mullins as a starting quarterback before Daniel Jones, but that's just me. Um, but, yeah, do with that what you will, New York. Think about that. Maybe go look around and see what backup quarterbacks are available. But um, maybe, maybe get a starter out there. But – uh, moving on away from this hellhole of a game, uh, moving on to uh, what was the most surprising finish, in my opinion, uh, the tie, uh, the Bengals and the Eagles, 23 all at the end of overtime. And uh, I'll get your opinion on this, uh, Matt. Let's get your opinion on the Bengals and Eagles game. Joe Burrow deserves so much better. Uh, from what I saw of this game, Carson Wentz is a sorry excuse for a quarterback, and I think he's probably the most overhyped quarterback in the league. And it's it's just it's upsetting because going against a talent like Joe Burrow, I know he had no choice getting picked first overall, but right now I feel like he'd be better off playing literally anywhere else than Cincinnati with the O line Cincinnati has. Um, I don't I don't have the if you could find me the sack numbers real quick, some somebody uh, I want to see those because I, I watched overtime. And Joe Burrow was sacked at least like three or four times. He got sacked eight times in this game. Yeah. And, and like almost half of those came in overtime. And that's just sad. And he, he deserves better. He had another good game. I, I think his time's finally coming. But, you know, he had two touchdowns, no picks. What else can you ask of him? You know, the offensive line just needs to do better. Um, Carson Wentz, one, one touchdown, two picks, you know, bad. It's not good. It's bad. Under 300 passing yards, it's bad. You're, you're tying the Bengals. It's bad. Carson Wentz, you're bad. RJ? So uh, you mentioned the presidential debate. And it's funny, before, when I was walking into my room, I just overheard Donald Trump say, yeah, Philadelphia is just bad right now. And I'm guessing he watched the Eagles game. And I'm assuming that's what he was talking about. Uh, because this was an absolute shit show from the, from the kickoff. NFL, there's levels to this, all right? I'm sorry. The NFL, there should under no circumstance ever be a tie. I don't care if we go play seven overtimes like LSU and Texas A&M did a couple years ago. There should never under any circumstance be a third column. After wins, losses, there should be nothing else. It's just wins and losses, no ties. We need to have double overtime, and if you can't score in two overtimes, let's do what college just adapted and run two-point plays or something, like a shoot, like a uh, – what do you call it in soccer? The You know, the penalty kicks. Yeah, do something like that. We cannot have a tie. That is garbage. That is Bush League, and we don't need that. Also, Philadelphia, I don't care what y'all think Carson Wentz is, he's not. It's Jalen Hurts time. That guy is trash. And I don't think Jalen Hurts can throw a football. I'll be honest with you. I have been so critical about Jalen Hurts. I think he's a runner. I don't think he can throw. But, goddamn, put him in. Carson Wentz is absolutely awful. 
I don't know how that guy was ever an MVP candidate a couple years ago when they went to the Super Bowl. Cincinnati, y'all nailed that. Y'all got to help Joe Burrow because this guy is a stud. He's a freak. He is stupid talented. You cannot have him getting sacked eight times in a football game. That's pathetic. Matt? I'm just having too much fun tag team in the Eagles here with RJ. But uh, <laughs> Carson Wentz is the first Eagles quarterback with two-plus interceptions in three consecutive games since Ron Jaworski in 1985. Jaws. McNabb didn't do this. Mick didn't do this. Nobody done this since 1985. Randall Cunningham didn't do this. You know, Wentz is so, a bad company. So Philadelphia, I mean, you look back, they had Kevin Cobb starting. I mean, I'm pretty sure they had Josh McCown at some point. None yeah. of those scrubs ever well, did it, but Carson Wentz is doing it. What does that tell you? That should tell you about all you need to know, really. I mean, uh, throughout throughout his career, I know he's had a lot of trouble controlling the ball because at North Dakota State, I mean, he played for the best FCS school in history um so but at least one of them i mean obviously north dakota state damn near runs a dynasty up there whenever it comes to college football um and at least on a lower level not exactly the fbs but definitely one of the better fcs programs in history and but the thing is he could run around confidently and do whatever the hell he wanted but uh even even gruden and everybody whenever before he became the coach of the raiders was even saying whenever he was going through his quarterback camp that all he needs to do is tuck the damn ball uh, and so, like, he's always had fumble control issues. Now he's getting pick issues. I mean, shout out to any true Eagles fans who could actually tell you anything else other uh, uh, about that quarterback that Matt mentioned, because I've never heard that name in my fucking life. That is disgusting. I mean, it, what's that? Ron Jaworski does ESPN stuff. That poor man. I have no idea who – I've I've never heard of him. I mean, that's if just saw, me as a sports If you fan. saw a picture of him, you would know it. I probably would. I probably yeah. would off of first. I, I'll, I'll take a look after this episode. But I've never heard the name. At least the name doesn't click with me. But, hey, shout out to me who just jokingly switched to the Bengals and almost looked like a fucking genius here. I mean, <laughs> if it wasn't for how bad the Bengals defense was and could actually contain Carson Wentz in a scramble, which he was on the seven-yard line and backed all the way up to the 15 and still managed to run the ball in for a score, uh, if, if they could have at least pulled some competency out of their ass for one, drive uh i would have looked like a genius and i would have been doing great this week but uh i'll still take 11 4 and 1 but yeah this game this game was ridiculous the fact that the eagles can't manage to beat the Bengals is honestly disgusting uh the fact that joe burrow is still managing to throw 312 and two uh two touchdowns behind that line that should speak for itself i mean and uh, anybody, Zach Taylor, anybody involved in the Bengals organization, I'm six foot three, 388 pounds. If you're looking for offensive linemen, I'll block for the damn guy. Put me against anybody, and I'll at least stop 50% more than whatever the hell your center or your guards are blocking. I don't want to play tackle. I'm not going up against anybody good. Give me those deed tackles and let me just stop something. Dear God, don't let him get hit one more time because otherwise he's just going to crumble back there. And we don't need that for how well he's been playing. He's proven he can play let him play uh moving on to uh the texans at the steelers and rj i'm gonna get your opinion because i remember you said that deshaun watson can't start 0-3 and he's not gonna allow it to happen but a 21 to 28 loss for the texans ultimately the steelers take the dub improve to uh 3-0 uh let's let's get your opinion on the texans falling to 0-3 well Everything we just said about Joe Burrow, get him some help, help this guy. He's a superstar. Retweet. Deshaun Watson, we got to give this guy some help. 
Bill O'Brien might be a serviceable head coach, but he is absolutely the worst general manager in the NFL. How in the hell can you let Jadavion Clowney and DeAndre Hopkins walk? They don't have a first or a second round pick in this upcoming draft, and you have a superstar playing quarterback, and you can't give him any help. What is that? How do you do that? I'm serious. How do you do that? You have got a star playing quarterback. You need to do whatever it takes to make sure that that guy's protected and he is set up so he can win football games because that's what Deshaun Watson does. Yeah, we've gotten to a point where Randall Cobb is a top receiver on a team, at least from a statistics standpoint in, in week three with four catches, 95 yards, and find the end zone. But uh, that should tell you all you need to know about the, the help that Deshaun Watson has. I mean, uh, at least whenever Aaron Rodgers had Randall Cobb, he had Devontae Adams, he had somebody else there. And Randall Cobb, sure, he's still a serviceable slot guy, but he's not your number one. Uh, he, he can't be the top target out there. Brandon Cooks is out there, sure, but uh, obviously the the defense is going to go after Brandon Cooks because after that, who do you go to? So, um, yeah, so that's how that game goes, 28-21 in favor of Pittsburgh. Moving on to uh, the uh, GMs for hire ass-kicking of the week, the New York Jets fall to the Indianapolis Colts 7-36. to uh, Matt, this has to be the worst team in history. Uh, it, it, they're so bad. I saw Dan Orlovsky say that his 0-16 Lions would beat the Jets 16 times. Isn't that just insulting? <laughs> That's one of the worst insults you can receive, especially from a guy like Dan Orlovsky, who's I'm pretty sure most known for walking out the back of his end zone. But, yeah, the Jets got to figure something out. I mean, you gave Le'Veon Bell all that money, and uh, he's not really doing much much of anything really um you got frank gore too who's definitely nearing the end of his career but still a serviceable veteran out of the backfield sam darnold i don't think is really that bad i hit three picks sundays and, that, and that's and that's bad but i do see some kind of upside in him i think he's a decent arm and could fit somewhere but it's hard for anybody to fit with the new york jets just because they're so bad you know there's not much good to say about them uh the colts our, our decent team, at least uh, competent enough to score more than the touchdown. Uh, Phillip Rivers is looking more comfortable. He had a touchdown to, uh, this week, no turnovers, which is what you like to see. Jonathan Taylor had a decent game. Uh, I'd like to see him get a little, little bit more uh, of a chance with the team. T.Y. Hilton, three receptions, 52 yards. He did a lot with a little. Uh, I still love T.Y. Hilton, still very high on him. I wish they'd throw to him more. Um, I'm asking for a lot out of this, but yeah, uh, Xavier Rhodes has to be a player of the game. Uh, two interceptions. He's definitely one of the better defenders in the league, and he was a great pickup for the Colts. I loved him on the Vikings, and he's really making him make himself known in Indy this year. But yeah, the Jets fire Adam Gase, fire whoever you got, whoever you have to, because this is just getting worse. We'll see just how bad the Jets are this week because they're going to be facing Brett Ripon, uh, and that. We'll we'll know exactly how bad they are after this week. Uh, moving on to uh, a, a disappointing win for Mr. RJ over there. The Carolina Panthers defeat the Chargers, and uh, at least with how some other teams are playing, they're ruining the tank for Trevor Lawrence. We'll get your opinion on that, RJ. This is unacceptable. Um, <laughs> on no level can you lose – 
to Justin Herbert. Or I'm sorry, can you beat Justin Herbert? Um, this kid was, you know, drafted in the top 10. He was the best quarterback in the Pac-12. He's got talent. The Chargers have a pretty decent roster. Um, and I think the Chargers are pretty healthy for the most part, except for Tyrod getting his lung punctured. Um, you cannot win that football game. There is no reason to do that. And I, I have <laughs> – listen, if Carolina screws this up, and doesn't end up with the number one pick at the end of this year, y'all are going to hear a rant from me like you have never heard anybody have in the history of the world. I can promise you that. Um, I don't know what they got to do. I don't know if the owner needs to, you know, come in and be like, hey, guys, you know. Will, you, you've seen Major League, right? Yes, sir. They need whatever the, the owner, what was her name? Oh, I don't remember uh, her name. I don't remember her name. How they she brought in her. a bunch of prisoners and dead people to come to spring training? <laughs> exactly. They need her because she deadass came into the locker room and said, nah, I need y'all to be the worst team in the league. She's, <laughs> her exact line was, we've been losing. What I want to do is finish dead last. Well, that's what Carolina needs to be trying to do. I don't understand why people – and their egos can't just give up one year, just one year. That's all I ask. Suck for one year, and you will get 15 years of greatness with long blonde hair named Trevor Lawrence. I don't understand why that's hard for people to comprehend. That's unacceptable. I don't want to see another win the rest of the year. <laughs> we'll see if the Panthers can magically pull off a 1-15 season, uh, this being their one dub, 21-16 over the Chargers. Moving on to the Buccaneers at Broncos. A depleted Broncos team falls to the Buccaneers 28-10. First impressions, Matt, just real quick. Uh, real quick, uh, Tom Brady's settling in real nice. I like what I see there. Rob Gronkowski's finally getting some receptions. I like what I see there. The defense came out big. Uh, uh, interception at the end by Mike Edwards, I believe, to ice it. Uh, yeah, the Bucs looking the best they've looked in years, and I still think that could end up 9-7 and seven concerning it's the Bucs, but I like what I see so far. Going on to the next game at, at uh, Detroit taking on the Arizona Cardinals. All of us upset without being the big upset of the week. 26-23, the Lions are able to grab their first dub of the season. And uh, I'll, I'll give you my first impressions, man. It's shout out to the defense playing well against Kyler Murray. I mean, if I had to give you a, a, a savior of this team for the Detroit Lions, I wouldn't have told you the defense. Jeff Okuda, uh, Harmon, and Jamie, Jamie Collins Sr. all managing to find a, a, an interception in this game. Really impressive by the defense to step up, especially against a mobile and uh, very, very good quarterback against Kyler Murray. I mean, I, like I said, if I had to tell you the, a savior of this game, I wouldn't have said the defense. So uh, shout out to the Lions playing well. Matt Stafford also grabbing two touchdowns in that game. So overall, a good game for Detroit. They're able to edge it out for their first win of the season. Going on to the game of the week in America, the Dallas Cowboys take on the Seattle Seahawks. And uh, Russ kind of keeps up his MVP season, uh, at least his uh, debate for it, putting up five touchdowns against the Dallas Cowboys. RJ, get your quick opinion on that one. Yeah, Russell Wilson has the most touchdown passes through three games in NFL history. And that's – he's never received a single MVP vote. Something tells me he's going to get a couple this year. 
He's been absolutely filthy to start this season. I mean, absolutely gross. 38-31 the final in favor of Seattle. Going on to the Sunday night game, uh, a very close one, a very entertaining game to watch. Uh, but the Packers are ultimately able to take it away from New Orleans. Uh, 37-30. Matt, we'll get your opinion on that one. This is a uh, revitalized Aaron Rodgers. This is not the Aaron Rodgers we saw last year. This is a this is like 2012 Aaron Rodgers. This this is a whole new guy, and he's playing absolutely fantastic. As is the offense. I, I believe they put up 30 points in every single game so far this season. I could be wrong, but I know that offense is clicking. Aaron Jones is slowly becoming one of the best running backs in the league, and I mean that when I say it. Drew Brees didn't have a bad game. I know uh, from the first couple of weeks he kind of struggled, and people were kind of doubting him but he had a good game it's just the Packers offense is just too good right now yeah the fact that the Packers score 37 and it's the least amount of points they've scored so far in a game this season should tell you everything you need to know about what's going on with Aaron Rodgers uh Drew Brees as mentioned definitely had a good game probably his best game so far between all three weeks but ultimately Aaron Rodgers whenever he's hot uh he's hot so uh, the Packers able to take that game on Sunday night and going on to what I said could have had game of the year implications. And I think that flopped uh, Kansas city able to take a, a win 34 to 20 over the Ravens, uh, man, uh, this game did not go how I expected, at least. Uh, we'll make this real quick. Uh, Lamar Jackson only getting one touchdown. Pat Mahomes dropping four. I think that's what tells you what you need to know because I think we could all agree we thought this was going to be an offensive explosion, and we didn't get that. Um, unfortunately uh, for the Ravens, they did not play up to what we thought the Ravens could play like. It was a split decision on our end, two people taking the Chiefs, two people taking the Ravens. And, uh, I mean, it, it made sense to be split, but whenever you look at it, uh, it – the, the two people, me and RJ, who picked the Ravens kind of look dumb, I'll be honest. But, um, yeah, that's the game. That's the week three recap. So that's uh, uh, all of it for us. And so we're actually running out of time. So I'll try to be really quick with this sign-off. So for Jamil and all three of the other boys here, uh, my name is Will Paulson, and this has been the GMs for Iowa week three recap of the NFL season. And we'll catch you for the week four pre, uh, predictions here in the next one. So we'll catch you next time. Peace.